can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long, while your hosts toe-tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead, because, you know, we're doing it live. All right. I really don't know what else to say other than it's here. Giants fans, we are recording this episode on the eve of the NFL season. That is a day that should be an American holiday in the best of times, let alone in the middle of a goddamn global pandemic. We are hours away from football, and even more importantly, mere days away from Giants football. Obviously, you know tonight we are opening up against the Steelers, so before we dig into that matchup, we need to sift through some news. So for that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partners stick on a headline to talk about or kick it to the next one. So, big Yes, sir. Disciple. Answer me that age-old playground taunt. Are you kicking it, or are you sticking it? First up, Odell Beckham Jr. was in the news recently for some shitty reasons. OBJ, you dirty, dirty boy. You are truly the Cleveland Steamer the Browns deserve. Mac, let's absolutely kick this turn. Can I kick it? Ryan Connolly, the Giants' 2019 fifth-round pick out of Wisconsin, cut last week, was picked up off of waivers by the Minnesota Vikings. All right, I have to stick it. I did say a couple weeks ago that Ryan Connolly was going to be the starter at inside linebacker. I was sadly mistaken, just kind of living off that last season hype. When you look at it, we drafted four linebackers. Um, obviously, they weren't satisfied with it. They like the Corey Coleman cut. They probably wanted more speed. And we just have to trust this coaching staff that they're putting the best 53 men on the roster, the best 11 guys on the field at a time. He stuck the landing. The Giants have officially assigned their 2020 season captains, headlined by Daniel Jones and Dalvin Tomlinson. Oh, you know Burger's going to be sticking this one, Mac. We got Danny Dimes and God Squads. Oh, I mean, Saquon Barkley uh, as our offensive captains. Uh, I love seeing DJ getting the C on his jersey, you know. Entering his second season shows the locker room's uh, rally behind our guy, you know. And then on defense, you know, they go with Blake Martinez. Not really a surprise. And then Dalvin Tomlinson, you know. We, uh, we talked about him a lot, you know, in our previous pod, you know. I think he's finally making a name for himself, and I like how uh, – they gave him the C, and I'm happy to see it. He stuck the landing. Running back Derek Dillon has been released from the practice squad and replaced by DB Ryan Lewis and running back Rod Smith. I'm going to stick this one very briefly. Derek Dillon was cut after the 4 p.m. Uh, deadline for the pay week. Therefore, he got his $8,400 weekly check. He just has a newborn child. He's going to enjoy this weekend. 
with his family, and he's going to be re-signed to the practice squad next week. Great move, Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. He stuck the landing. John Jalapio, Giants starting center in 2019, turns down the Giants' offer to join the practice squad and seems to be on his way out. We all are. Act accordingly. Let's kick it. Can I kick it? That does it for this week's headlines. And now, a word from our non-sponsors. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by Vandersmoot Smelting Company. When you need to break down your steel, Vandersmoot applies the heat better than the Giants' defensive line closing in on Big Ben. It might take an unfortunate smelting accident to melt Steel City's chances for victory in Week 1. Vandersmoot Smelting. The Giants' unofficial week one sponsor. Isn't that weird? I am from Holland. And now, back to our show. All right, guys, you know what it's about. We're breaking down the Giants versus the Steelers matchup. I mean, there's a lot to get in here. Obviously, we already got our predictions out this week, but I think this is our opportunity to really dig into this matchup. I'm just going to start it off and talk about Mike Tomlin. Whatever we feel about this team, you got to tip your hat to this man. And I, I just, I love listening to him. I think he's a great coach. And when you want to talk about consistency, I mean, the Steelers have had three coaches, three since 1969. There is a reason that the Steelers are a model of consistency and success. And I think as Giants fans, we can only hope that Joe Judge has an opportunity to make his stamp on this organization the way that Tomlin does. And a quick moment before I hand it off to you guys here. We got a lot of talk about Joe Judge being super young, not having a lot of experience. Mike Tomlin was hired at the ripe old age of 34 in 2007. Now, admittedly, a different circumstance, but my dude was 34. Joe Judge is 38. So jump into it, fellas. Take it away from there. But God, we can only hope that down the road we are looking back and saying Joe judges our Mike Tomlin. Am I wrong here? I hope so. You know, the thing – there is one thing that the Giants do have the edge over the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game is, and that would be that Joe Judge has never coached a game. Nobody's going to be able to see what's really – what a game looks like under Joe Judge, whereas Mike Tomlin – He's got like four or five years of the same coaching staff on tape already. I feel like it's a little, it is a little crazy to think, but I feel like as I get closer to the game, I'm getting more confident that the Giants can actually pull this out. Even though in my predictions, I was, maybe it's that first week jitters. I don't know. We don't even know what this team is. Nobody knows what any team is right now. But going back to uh, Max's original point, I really, really do just hope that, you know, this guy's our guy for 20, 30 years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm hoping Joe Judge is here for a long time as well. Uh, but I would think that they were going to prepare for the Giants as if it's kind of like a Jason Garrett uh, Cowboys team. Am I, what do you guys think about that? Like, you know, I would think they're going to expect a lot of run, play, action, pass. Um, hopefully we get the tight ends involved on offense early or getting some uh, success with that to hopefully open up things for Darius Slade and Sterling Shepard on the outside. But I, I would think that that's the Steelers' mindset going into this because, you know, you're right. We don't know anything about Joe Judge or what he wants to do. But Jason Garrett's been a coach of the Cowboys for, what, almost a decade? So I would think yeah. that's how they're going to prepare for us. 
No, and that that makes sense. But I did hear uh, a quote from Mike Tomlin, and the number one priority is neutralizing Saquon Barkley. They want Daniel Jones to beat them, and I think he's got what it takes. I don't know, especially with a full complement of offensive weapons. You can't you can't cover everyone. What do you think, Mac? So I'm going to have to try and not go off here. There's a lot of different directions we can go in. At first glance, Disciple, I want to agree with you. The the more I analyze and look at this game, I, I start – optimistic is not the word. I am not walking in week one against this team that was number one in the NFL with 54 sacks last year with any type of overblown optimism. And I am sticking to my guns – in our predictions that, that we're starting the season off 0-1. But I think that this is about as perfect of a barometer for this Giants team as we can expect. Because you look at the Steelers team, and yeah, I mean, their defense is fearsome. They were tied for fifth in points per game last year with 18.9. They were tied for fifth in yards. They're incredibly consistent. And if we're looking to have Daniel Jones win us the game, well, they were third in the league at defending the pass, letting up less than 200 yards a game. So those things don't really stack up in our favor. And a lot of the times I feel like Giants fans look at this year saying, hey, look, you know, our defense was put in really terrible positions the last few years because we didn't get off the field on third or we didn't, excuse me, we didn't stay on the field on third down. We weren't moving the ball Our average time of possession. Wasn't great. 30th in the league, mind you, but look at the Steelers, their defense put up these numbers being 26th in the league in average time of possession. And they're getting back a hall of fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. So I think you look at a defense returning almost every single starter from last year, a couple of huge impact players that are still very young, probably going to make a step up in their game. And you would think as a Steelers fan, you're walking in thinking there's no way our offense could be any worse than it was last year. And we still ended eight and eight. That said, the reason that I would say that this is an excellent barometer is you look at the offense and really, again, what scares you? I think everybody can agree, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's an excellent receiver, but is he a prototypical number one? I think he's an excellent number two. They got two guys that are very capable at tight end, but nobody in the top 10, again, that is stretching the field and scaring you. Um, Deontay and James Washington seem to be capable receivers, but again, are they guys that you're game planning and scared of? I just don't think so. And when you look at their offensive line, David DeCastro, uh, a perennial pro bowler, is not going to be on the field in week one. So Actually, uh, I did read somewhere that there are three new members of the starting Steelers offensive line, which has got to be a matchup to be exploited if I'm the New York football Giants, 100%. And, you know – Ben is that pocket quarterback, and he he is nice, like, you know, ducking and weaving, whatever the hell he does back there. But I'm not sure if this is the same Ben Roethlisberger that we are familiar with. You got to understand, he's he's an older guy now, coming off that injury. I don't. We may not even know what we're gonna see on Monday. It could be great. It could be a big drop off. I'm not sure. In Pittsburgh camp, they're saying he's slinging the ball right now. That year off, like, yeah, everybody was beneficial says that. for him. Oh, 
It's the same thing about Tom Brady. He's been slinging the ball uh, too the last couple of years. Where's he at right now? God bless his soul. I love him. But well, I think I think we should be a little bit afraid of Deontay Johnson though. The guy that, the guy had sixty catches last year, six hundred and eighty yards and five touchdowns with a backup quarterback in Mason Rudolph, who doesn't scare anybody. Now he's got Big Ben back, like we said. We don't know what we're gonna get from him. Or the Pittsburgh's what the Pittsburgh's gonna get from him. Um, I think against Corey Ballantine, that could be a matchup that Pittsburgh easily exploits. What do you guys Didn't think? Did they draft uh, Chase Claypool? Oh, yes. Let's add Chase Claypool. Six Big old four, dude, 220. Like six yeah, he's four. massive, man. So that's their third wide receiver. Fourth. fourth so yeah, it's probably or fourth or fifth, yeah. Well, they got big receivers, man. They got some talent. They got their work cut out for them, man. Yeah. Well, that's how – I don't think there is any world. Like I said, I'm not optimistic. I'm still penciling this as a loss for the Giants. No, I am too. This I feel good. I feel better than I did a week ago for some reason. Maybe I'm just a fucking fool. Well, there's no doubt about that. But <laughs> you know, I, 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 I digress there. Um, I guess the thing about the Steelers is that if the Giants – this is – I go back to the original point from this being a barometer for the season. I think there is no doubt that the Steelers are a talented team across the board. I don't think there can be any argument about that. But I don't think that they're unequivocally an elite team. I'm not even sure that they're a top 10 unit. And I think the key is, to your point, Disciple, is what Ben Roethlisberger are we going to get? These guys fall off a cliff pretty rapidly. I feel like – Ben has been banged up for years. He's a guy that, to your point, stands in the pocket. He's a big-ass dude, but because of that, he seems to always be banged up. This guy had Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, that's essentially what it was, an elbow surgery on his owner. Interested to see what Big Mac has to say about that in a football context. But we saw him two years ago putting up a lot of points, but look at the team he had two years ago. You're talking about debatedly at the time, one of the top running backs in football with Le'Veon Bell. He had the number one or again, debatedly top three receiver in Antonio Brown before he completely lost his goddamn mind. Damn. Juju mm-hmm. being that, that number two guy. So really he is a question mark. I mean, you have to say because of his history that he's stepping in and we assume he's going to be better than the fucking clusterfuck that was at quarterback for them the last few years, Duck Hodges. and (laughs) But can we unequivocally for sure say that this is the Ben Roethlisberger of, I I was going to say of old, but I guess of young is probably more appropriate. (laughs) Um, So I I think that this is going to go a long way in deciding how this season is going to go. Now, again, week one of the NFL, the first couple of games are always sloppy, even when it's a normal year. This is a COVID year. Things could get real weird. I expect to see a lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes. But I think Joe Judge brings a discipline. I'm hoping that there's not a lot of busted assignments. If this is a close, tight game – I think you come out of a week one loss against the Steelers in a tight game feeling really optimistic about our ability to compete. If we get absolutely decimated, I'm sorry, Giants fans, but buckle up. It's going to be a long, long season. I feel like, I don't know. I'm not sure. How many points do you think the Giants are going to score? I'd be thrilled with 21. You'd be thrilled with 21. I feel like anything over 24 is probably manageable. 
Potentially. I don't know. We're gonna I feel like we're gonna get down early and they're gonna just have to start like going for it like crazy. I mean it'll open up the field. Yeah. I feel like yeah, the the, the you know key I mean? matchup like, is probably scores could happen. It's probably our defense versus their offense, honestly. Oh, that's a I real hot take. The defense, you sound like Chris Collinsworth. You know, the team that's going to win is the team that puts up more points. That's against John Dunn. Madden. Didn't he say that? Really paying attention to well, now here's a guy that I really like to watch when I was a wide receiver like in Cincinnati Bengals. That's my shitty Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy that always <laughs> wants the football. To your point, disciple, about how do I feel about our points? Again, I'll repeat the stat here. They only let up 18.9 points a game in 2019, and that was with an offense that was not supporting them. So I think if the Giants are putting up more than that, that's a win for us, uh, in my personal opinion. And let's just look at a little bit of a matchup. I think we're going to dig into it a little bit later, but if we want to talk about, you know, we're optimistic maybe a little bit about some of the ways we can win on offense, I mean – we're looking at T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Stephon Tuitt, Cameron Hayward. These are all individuals that have made their names in the NFL. They are guys that we know about because of what they have done. And we are starting a rookie at left tackle who has been beaten up by a lot less, you know, established players in, in practice right now. Lorenzo Carter. <clears throat> Georgia Bulldog. Nick Gates, who, I, again, we're all optimistic about, but this is a guy who's starting at center who has literally never snapped the ball in an NFL game before, and a right tackle in Cameron uh, Fleming, excuse me, that is typically a swing tackle reserve guy that steps in and you're happy he's on his team, but are we excited about him being the right tackle against this defensive front? Like, uh, again, going back to your question, I think 21 points against this defense is a huge success. Well, well, thank you for answering my question, Mr. Mack. Well, Mack, I was looking at some more stats for you, and the Steelers' rush defense was ranked 14th in the NFL, not the top five like every other statistic you've given us so far. They started 109 yards last season, so I think if we're going to have to exploit something, if they don't stack the box, I, I think they're going to have to run heavy with Saquon and try to open up the game that way, or else this is going to get ugly really quick, I feel. Like I said, I, I think the tight end, dude, the tight end's got to get involved. If Evan Ingram can slice and dice down the middle of the field, I think that could be huge for us as long as he plays the whole game, you know, if he doesn't get hurt. And low-key, and this is a total side note, but I'm actually kind of glad that there's no fans because I know for a fact that whole stadium would be fucking black and gold, 100%, if there were fans. Still on a Monday night football league. Swear to God, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. These these fans are different, bro. They'd be showing up like I swear to God, it'd be sixty percent Steeler fans. Like it was the Packer game last year. I was there. Yeah, but that was at the it end sucks. of the season in the cold. Yeah. You're telling me that Week One, New York Football Giants Nation isn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Game? It doesn't matter. Steelers fans travel, hundred percent, dude. I've been to enough. I'll tip my head. I've been to plenty of games, but you definitely got me. I was at the last one where Antonio Brown had that touchdown uh, across the field and down the sideline, and that was mostly Steelers fans too. Yeah, but the Giants – was that – that was the year they they went to the playoffs? 
No, it's it already been four years. Was that yes? Because this, now we're playing the AFC North again. So wow. I think it is. Wow. Holy shit! How time? Well, done, well done, disciple. No, I just you know it's it's all cyclical. The the schedule is all a cycle, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not splitting the atom here. <laughs> all right, Mister Manhattan. Well, one thing before <laughs> we move on to our first segment of the night, or second, I guess. Uh, we haven't talked about James Conner, and I think anytime you talk about this man, I mean, he's a hometown hero, right? He went to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's a cancer survivor. Was he a seventh-round pick or undrafted? I mean, you got to love his story, and by all accounts, everything I've ever listened and heard from him, he just seems like a great guy. But as far as on the field, I'm not sure, again, I, I keep using this phrase, a guy that scares us. And when I say a guy that scares us, I'm talking about someone that keeps defensive coordinators up at night, that you have to double team, you have to know where they are uh, at any point on the field. And I, I think he's a capable back. I think he's a well-rounded back. But again, are we afraid of the Pittsburgh Steelers' run offense. I, I think if there's one area we feel that we should be able to win a matchup, it's our defensive line against a changed up offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers with James Conner pounding the rock. I, I don't know about you guys, but I respect the hell out of him. I just don't think that he's someone we need to be afraid of. And if this new look defense can make them one dimensional, I think we got a game if Ben Roethlisberger is throwing the ball 50 times this game. Dude, Connor's like a little bulldozer, man. Don't underestimate him. He's a good back. And he was also drafted in the third round, by the way, out of Pittsburgh. Yikes, that was uh, a way off. Yeah, he uh, – well, he's been banged up the last two years with knee and ankle injuries. So, apparently he's healthy. But I agree 100% what you're saying. Our D-line should be able to neutralize. If they can neutralize him, we should definitely be in this game. I don't see why we wouldn't be. I'd rather have Big Ben slinging it 50 times over James Conner rushing all over us. 20 attempts, maybe over 100 yards. I think that's a recipe for disaster. What do you think, Seibel? I think it's really going to depend on the pass rush. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the run defense last year was, like, decent, average. It was all right. It was like they got the job done. The front seven got the job done. Now they've kind of upgraded the linebacking core by a lot. Um, But – yeah, I don't know. This is such an intriguing game to me, guys. I like I like for my prediction, I I predicted a loss, but like now the more that I think about it, like this is a winnable game, boys. Like I know I'm drinking the Joe Judge Kool-Aid way too early, and I love it. But you know what? Fuck it. Why why be a fan if you don't think your team's gonna win, bro? You're not you're not crazy. I'm I'm also starting to semi believe, but I'm also predicting they're gonna lose though. Look, here's the deal, guys. We, we say it at the beginning of this pod that we toe-tap the line between trying to be professionals and some motherfuckers talking shit at the end of the bar. And really, we skew towards the drunk Giants fans. And, I mean, you look at last year. I remember the Eagles game when Eli started. The pregame was like a Star Wars pregame special. And I was getting jacked up. And in the game, we're winning. And – for draft position in a lost season, it was 100% a game we needed to lose. And Jesus Christ, was I jacked up. So, again, you're looking at a game like this, you have to be excited. You have to think you're coming in with an ability to win the game. At least an opportunity. An opportunity. That's all you're yeah. looking for. 
I think we've talked about a lot of times over the last year, we're just hoping that we're playing meaningful, meaningful games in December. And that's not even something that we can think about if we're walking into week one saying we don't have a chance. I think you look at the talent on this team, excuse me, on the talent on the Steelers team, and yeah, they have the edge. There's no doubt about it. They have the experience with the coaching and all across the board. But I just keep coming back to this is that there is not a single aspect of this team that terrifies me. And we have to be in this game. And I'm just, I'm really excited to watch some Giants. There is one for me that their pass rush does kind of terrify me. Reasonably so. But I, I just want to say one thing before we uh, move on to the next topic is football, every game is its own battle. Every game is its own chess match for 60 minutes, coach versus coach, moving the pieces around. Okay. And sometimes the better team doesn't win. That's all I'm saying. And I hope that Joe Judge is our chess master prodigy, 38 years old, coming in hot. Where's Bobby? Can't fucking wait for Monday. Fuck yeah. With that, we're going to transition into what the F would that look like? So Giants fans, if you're joining us, this is our segment where each week we will posit a hypothetical and discuss what the F the world would look like if that were to come true. In a world where the young Giants offensive line debuts against the relentless defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what the fuck would it look like? If the New York Giants offense can matriculate the ball down the field without giving up a single sack of Daniel Jones. If there's any opportunity for us to be optimistic, if we're talking about being in a position to win this game or in the fourth quarter, that is the scenario that we need to be looking at. Again, we said it earlier, the steel curtain put the clamps down and sacked opposing quarterbacks in 2019 54 times, first in the NFL. If we can hold them to no sacks with our new look offensive line, I'm looking at two takeaways. First, you walk out of Monday, regardless of what else happens, being incredibly optimistic about the future of this team. That offensive line if they can win this battle or at least compete and hold them to zero sacks, that is a huge, huge fucking positive for us. And two, if that is the reality we're living in, we are going into the final two possessions of this game on Monday night with a chance to win that football game. And again, I think that is the best that you can possibly ask for as a Giants fan walking into this game. Oh, 100%. I'll tell you what the fuck would it look like. That's my ass buying an Andrew Thomas jersey Monday night at 11.35. If, if that's the case. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going right to NFLshop.com or Fanatics, whatever. They don't sponsor us either, by the way. Not but, yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. We got a chance to win. And I hope – I really hope that – at least, you know, zero sacks might be a little uh, too much to ask. But if, if Andrew Thomas wins a majority of those snaps, I think we're looking pretty fucking good. If we are looking at that in this scenario, you know we're coming out of this game 1-0, right? He didn't get sacked once 
Like, how are we not winning this game? Like, that means our offensive line is bullying them. We are probably running the ball down their throat, controlling the clock. I don't see how we don't come away with the win. That's what the fuck this looks like. And boom, I drank the Kool-Aid. Boom. I would say my third point on that, too, and something we haven't talked about a lot, is if we get no sacks, Daniel Jones has made a giant leap. Because I think you look at all of those sacks from last year, and yeah, our offensive line has been dog shit for years, and they get the deserved criticism that they deserve. But Daniel Jones means he is being decisive with the football. He's getting it out quickly. He's not, you know, tapping that ball with his second hand five different times and getting hit and, and losing a fumble. He's being decisive and taking his reads and taking his shots. And Whatever you want to say about the Giants offense, we might not have a prototypical true number one receiver, but we have a lot of capable people uh, in Tate if he plays with a hamstring injury, Shepard, Ingram, Barkley, and Slayton. And if they're being given time against this defensive backfield of the Steelers, which, again, is no slouch, but Joe Hayden isn't what he was five years ago. It's not like Mika Fitzpatrick is lining up against our wide receivers. The we were talking about him earlier. His name already escapes me, but their their second quarterback, cornerback, you know, is nobody to be scared of. Again, you know, Steven Nelson. Who the hell is he? He might be decent, but he's not a lockdown guy. So again, you know, I agree with you, Burger. That means that we are controlling the line of scrimmage, but I think that means that we are getting a lot of time for our really solid set of offensive skill positions to get open and to move this ball up and down the field against the Steel City on Monday night. Indubitably. All right, so let's get into four-down territory. This is our segment when you know the game is on the line and you're going for it. These are your four takes. Tonight, it's the top four most pivotal matchups we're looking forward to in week one. First down, Disciple, what do you got? So my first down matchup has got to be Leonard Williams versus the fill-in Steven Wisniewski at uh, guard filling in for David DeCastro. I think this is the game. This is a matchup where you'd like Mr. Leonard Williams to earn that money and just, you know, like like we always say, Leonard Williams doesn't always get – the sacks, that sexy stat, but he sure as hell does get the hits, the pressures, the hurries. So, you know, if he's in the if he's in the backfields, I'm I'm feeling good. Okay, with second down, the burger is going with Juju Smith Schuster versus James Bradbury. We have an intriguing matchup here with the 23 year old Juju, coming off a very down statistical season last year without Big Ben, mind you, as we've talked about earlier. I can only imagine the chip on Juju's shoulder after that down season. I feel like people are starting to doubt his ability, you know, as the number one receiver on a playoff caliber team, especially, you know, with Antonio Brown being run out of town. And then, you know, we got the Giants newly signed number one cornerback in Bradbury, who has to deal with these top receivers, like we mentioned earlier, pods in the NFC South in the past four years. Like, yeah, the face, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, six games a year. So if Bradbury is able to lock down Juju for most of, this, uh, most of this game, you know, prevent some big plays down the field, I think the Giants have a good shot of slowing down the Steelers' offense and keeping this a close game, you know? 
Third down, Max going with Evan Ingram versus the combination of Minka Fitzpatrick and Devin Bush. It's week one, fellas. I, I don't know which part of the defensive scheme for the Steelers is going to be responsible for covering the tight end of the New York football Giants, but I think we need to look at week one as a true indication of how the New York Giants and Jason Garrett's offense are going to be using Evan Ingram for the rest of the season. I think something that we've been excited about Jason Garrett coming in is if there's anything other than his prolific run offenses that you can say about his system, he knows how to use a tight end. And I think that's something that we as Giants fans have been really disappointed in. You use a first round pick on a tight end who's athletic and can't really block. And we have him running three yard shallow routes. This is a game where we need him to step up. We need him to be pressuring down the seam and stretching the Steelers defense. And he is going to be going against some of the best competition in the NFL. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is only 23 years old. This is his third year, first round pick out of Alabama that they traded for. He had 149 total tackles last year, two forced fumbles and five interceptions. He is a beast and is going to be there for a long time. Devin Bush, no slouch either. 22 years old, 10th pick out of Michigan. I believe they traded up for him. He had 109 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and two interceptions. These are two. I, and I believe he ran to like a 4-4-40. Going to have to check me on that. But these are fast, young, strong defensive people. So I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup between our most athletic mismatch weapon. Usually we like to say, hey, if you get Ingram against a linebacker or a safety – that's a win for the Giants and Evan Ingram. I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case against the Steelers. I think that matchup has, goes a long way in deciding whether the Giants walk out of Monday night successful on offense or not. And for the fourth down, the most important matchup, according to Big Blue All Year podcast, has got to be, I mentioned it before, stole a little bit of my thunder, Andrew Thomas versus Bud Dupree or TJ Watt. I believe it's TJ Watt on that side usually, but they do they might, you know, throw some different looks. Yeah. Uh you know, we're talking about Daniel Jones blind side against absolutely great pass rushers. Probably among the top five or ten uh pass rushing tandems in the league. And uh, you know, there's no easy games, especially in the first part of the schedule. So I'm excited to see what Andrew Thomas can do against top NFL talent. We saw him do great against top SEC talent. Like uh, I believe last year, the year before as a freshman or sophomore, he literally tossed Josh Allen, the pass rusher who's now on the Jaguar. So I'd like to see what he can do against guys like this. And, uh, Hopefully he succeeds to some degree and we're extremely optimistic about his future as a cornerstone offensive tackle of the New York football giants. So that brings us to our huge predictions of the night. For those of you joining us, this is each week we offer our huge predictions for the upcoming giants game. This week's huge predictions is not brought to you by a few silo automotive, but we are very much still working on it. So, especially if you're an upstate New Yorker and anybody knows their VP of marketing, please hit us up on Big Blue All Year and Twitter and wherever podcasts are found. All right, the burger's going to go first. 
I'd be ridiculed by our fans if I didn't stick to my guns for my earlier takes on the pods about Barkley breaking the single-season Russian record, boys. So with that in mind, my huge prediction is that Saquon rushes for over 150 yards and two touchdowns in a losing effort, unfortunately, on Monday night. So for my huge prediction, I'm going to say that the New York football Giants – are going to have an extremely effective and efficient special teams game. Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator, game manager. I think that you're going to see a lot of down punts in the uh, in the 10-yard line range, you know, a lot of uh, field goals, maybe even a fake or an onside. I don't know. I feel like he could get a little tricky. You never know what could be up the sleeve of a guy like that. So my huge predictions is going to be that the New York football giants have finally solved their tight end coverage woes. I think addition by subtraction, if you will, Jason Garrett no longer being with the Cowboys. Maybe he whispers some of that secret magic to our team as to why someone like Uh, Jason Witten, when he was 50, 70 years old, however old he is, continued to torch our defense. I think Devontae Downs, someone who we are all surprised is going to be starting as a middle linebacker for the Giants. Everything we hear about him is the reason that we took him over Ryan Connolly is his ability to be a coverage guy. We're hoping Blake Martinez, who's running the show as the mic, is an upgrade over Alec Ogletree on the running backs. So that's leaving DeMonte Downs to handle Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, both capable tight ends. I'm going with the New York Giants, albeit in the losing effort, hold that tandem of tight ends to under 50 yards catching, receiving, no touchdowns, and we are looking forward to a season where tight ends, at least that one position, is not our Achilles heel. Cheers to an optimistic take in a loss. All right, Big Blue All Year fans, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are possessed by the spirits that reside at 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. Since you guys only did a little breakdown of the game, I'm going to hold my exorcisms until after, so I can roast you when you guys miserably fail to predicting the game. Alright all you dreamers and creamers, let's end tonight with a simple fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers just simply are not aware that the Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're intriguing. New York football. Giants. Ah! God, I love that. For Burger, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Mac. We're Big Blue all year. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>